Welcome to Soul Talk, soulful conversations exploring who you are, why you're here, and how to live your most authentic life. My name is Coop Blackson, nationally best-selling author of You Are The One, transformational teacher, and your host. I invite you to subscribe to the Soul Talk podcast for weekly inspiration from me, where I will share with you some powerful ideas, thoughts, and practical life wisdom to help you live life more fully, freeing yourself from your past, reclaiming your power, and living your true life's purpose. You can also go to www.coopblackson.com, enter your name and email to download my free two-part video training series and learn the ultimate secrets to happiness and fulfillment. Let's get started with Soul Talk. Hey folks, Coot here. Today's episode of Soul Talk, I'm going to share the lessons about living that I learned from the dying. You know, life is so, it's so delicate and None of us know when we're going to die. None of us know when that moment's going to come. Uh, yet, it, it, it's the only guarantee from the moment we're born as children, it's the only thing that's guaranteed is we will die at some point. And I know that, you know, with the biohacking community and medical and uh, advances in technology, people are like, we're going to live forever. Well, maybe it's possible. But as of right now, Jesus died, Buddha died, Bruce Lee died, you know, uh, uh, Muhammad Ali died, uh, Mother Teresa died. Likely you and I are going to die, okay? Uh, at least this body. Maybe they'll find a way to extract your consciousness at some point, but we're going to die. And every breath, at least what I found is every breath is so precious. About a year ago, I was uh, traveling to do an event at a speaking tour in Guatemala and uh, had the privilege of visiting a very special home, like a hospice, for the kids who had uh, terminal cancer that one of my clients, Jorge, had uh, created and put together, an amazing clinic and hospice. It was like a home, but really special and full of love. And I was very touched. And these kids, imagine, right? These kids, they're all pretty much under the age of 18. They've been told, they they know that they have about six months or less to live that their days are totally numbered. So they come here, they're basically sent here to be loved and supported and cared for and taken care of in their last days. And so I I visited this place. You know, Jorge, my client said, come visit this place. And so I had the honor. I mean, when I say honor, I mean privilege of meeting at least five of these kids, and they ranged from, I think they were about five to 18, and I I simply have no words to describe how deeply my heart was moved. I remember one of the girls, young girls I met, in the uh, in the clinic, I mean, she must have been maybe 14, 15, forgive me if I'm, you know, maybe a little off, 16 perhaps, but she was, she was young and she lost all of her eyesight due to cancer. So she couldn't see. So I went into her room and she had a beautiful bald head and round face and she couldn't see. She couldn't see me yet. It was like she looked into my heart. And she didn't know what I looked like. She had no idea who I was. And, 
yet her heart was full of purity and tenderness and the strength of her soul was such an inspiration for me and all those around us her, around her who, who went to visit and it was amazing even though we didn't speak the same language i don't speak spanish my spanish is poquito and not very good um it didn't matter you know what was amazing was she just held me she she looked at me i think she told me some things she described me and it was like wow she she couldn't see with her physical eyes but she could see with her heart's eyes her soul's eyes and we just held each other's hands no words and despite her challenging situation what was so clear and so beautiful to me as i reflect back on that time was how deeply fully surrendered she was about the unfolding of her life she she had a beautiful peace and around her you know she wasn't resi- i think what was amazing was she wasn't resisting she wasn't resisting what was happening she wasn't resisting the unfolding of her life and i think as a result i could feel the grace of god there's no other word the divine the infinite love radiating through her entire being even in the midst of her condition and all that she was going through she could have been mad she could have been upset she could have been bitter despite all of her circumstance she continued to love courageously in the face of death she didn't allow her circumstance to determine who she was going to be i felt honestly folks like like i was in the presence of a real life angel you know and it made me i don't know it made me think this is my own thought that perhaps this young soul or young souls have a contract to endure uh, certain hardships like this because they are here on this planet as angels to teach us and remind us as adults and human beings what is truly important in life it, like her soul has a special assignment and so this human experience that we all live is really quite fragile it requires a tremendous amount of courage to live with an open heart and so spending time with many of these beautiful special children who are faced with death a couple of simple lessons number 1 the obvious that life is short and none of us know when our time is going to come to an end and it was just a reminder folks to not waste time don't waste time holding on to old resentments and pain and junk and memories from the past in an effort to be right because being right won't make you truly happy when you, you know as i sat with these these amazing beings on 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 their deathbed they were really at peace surrounded by you know a parent or someone they love they were at peace and i think they were at peace because they weren't holding on they in face of death they realized what was important so forgive fully folks forgive fully i think forgiveness is often a key to your freedom number 2 reminded me to stop focusing on the small stuff much of the small stuff that you focus on You won't even remember a week from now, let alone a year from now, let alone on your deathbed. What she said, what she didn't do, that she didn't call you back, that he didn't do this, he didn't remember her birthday. Most of that shit you won't even remember. 
What you focus on in life expands. So focus on what's truly important. Get in touch with what, ask yourself, what's really important to me? Not my parents, not my spouse, but what's truly important to me and meaningful to me and go in the direction of what's meaningful. Go in the direction of what brings your heart joy and makes your heart sing. Life gives you no refunds for the time you spent worrying and worrying doesn't change the past. Worrying actually serves to do nothing, absolutely nothing other than kill your present moment. Number three, spend lots of time with those that you love. Spend lots of time with those you love and care for while they are alive. Because in those moments of, you know, death, when you realize, shit, I have nothing. I don't know how long. I don't know how many more days. Then you start realizing how precious those you love are. And I saw the way that, you know, her parents and the parents or the mother or, uh, you know, one of the parents who were there of these kids were so present with their child, so loved their child, so appreciative of just the moment. So I think to myself, why don't we live that way? Why don't we live that way as though we're dying? Because the fact is, this moment, we are dying. We, we don't have a terminal, imminent illness, but you know maybe life itself is a terminal illness knowing that we're going to die at some point. So love like you were dying. What would that be like? Don't wait. In their living years, honor them, hug them, give them flowers. I often say, why do we wait till someone is dead to throw a big party, get these huge flowers when they're dead and gone? Did we do it while they were alive? Love them with no regrets. Make sure today, right now, at the end of this podcast, I want you to make a list of everyone in your life that you truly love and ask yourself, Do they know how much I love them? Do I express to them fully how much I love them? If they were to be gone today, would I have any regrets? And and see what your exploration generates and pick up the phone. Have some conversations as a result of this podcast episode today. Number four, don't chase money. Don't chase money, but follow what lights you up. Don't chase money. Follow what brings you joy. Live boldly in the direction of your joy, of your curiosity, of what you love. Because at the end of your life, what was very clear in that moment is, you know, death is an equalizer. It doesn't care if you're Bill Gates or the person living downtown in, in, in a shack or in a cardboard box. In the face of death, we are all the same. And so you don't take any of this material stuff with you. No car, no house, no watch, no bank account, nothing, nothing. Let me repeat, nothing except who you became in the process of life, who you became in the process of living. And the only thing you leave behind is not your body. The only thing you leave behind is the life that you touched and the the care that you gave in the memory and the hearts of those that you interacted with in their own consciousness. So don't chase money. Because money doesn't bring you ultimate happiness. It can, yes, you can buy things with money. I'm not against it. But don't make that the goal of your life. Otherwise, you'll end up poor. Number five. Living life to make other people happy at the expense of your own self, betraying yourself, is a sure recipe for suffering. So whose life are you living? On your deathbed, 
you probably won't care about what other people think. I think that was what was so beautiful about many of these kids and this beautiful girl, Julissa's. She didn't care what other people thought. Number one, she couldn't see. But in the face of this, you could tell she was so at peace because she didn't care what other people thought because she had bigger realities to face that she was going to die. She didn't know when. And, and so I think it gave her perspective of what's truly important in life. Many times I see us, we care so much. What do they think? What do they think? What do they think? Here's the thing. Most of the people we're obsessing about what they're thinking about us aren't thinking about us because they're too busy thinking about what you're thinking about them and everyone else is thinking about what everyone else is thinking about them and no one's thinking about themselves and living a life. And so you realize you're not that important. You're really not as important as your ego wants you to think that you are. And so folks... When you live a life for someone else, when you live someone else's version for your life, you end up unhappy. There's no way to truly be fulfilled and happy and have a truly profoundly joyous life. Living someone else's life, are you living your own life? Not being who you really are will only make you miserable no matter what you have, no matter what you achieve. It's your life. Own it. Be true to yourself. There is a joy that comes from the internal knowing that you are standing on your own two feet. You are you are sitting in the seat of your soul and you are being who you truly are. Be yourself. I think this is the only thing you really owe anyone. Be yourself. This is the greatest gift you can give the world. You know that old saying, be yourself, everyone else is taken. And so be you being who you are is the greatest gift you can give the world, but you being who you are is the greatest gift you can give yourself, and you being who you are is ultimate peace. Number six, folks, as I sat in this hospice, in this home with these amazing children that just lit up my soul, it was very clear that you don't get to control much of what happens to you in life, you can't control when death comes. You can't control what people say or don't do. You can't control, you know, exter- so many external factors, the weather, people, the government, etc., etc., etc. And your problems and your challenges and your illnesses and your sicknesses, you know, big problem doesn't just knock on your door, call you up on your cell phone and say, hey, I'm a big problem. I'm a big illness. This is death. Uh, when would be an appropriate time for me to show up No, it just shows up, drops itself into your lap and goes, boom, deal with me. So you don't necessarily get to control much of what happens to you in life, but you do get to choose how you respond. And I believe that the most powerful response is always how much you love. In the face of death, you realize that the only thing that really matters is the loving. Did you love? Did you express love? Did you give love? And I believe that it's when you're When you truly love that you're truly free, because at the end of your life, that's what you're going to care about. So why wait till you're actually on your deathbed? Commit to the loving now. Commit to loving big now. Commit to loving big now. So when death comes, you have no regrets because all of us die. Few of us truly live And the only thing you get to leave behind is the loving that you gave while you were alive. So, folks, how do you need to live so that in this moment you have no 
regrets? How do you need to live so that in this moment you have no regrets? Another thing I'd like you to do as a result of today's episode is explore. If I died right now, what regrets would I have? When my mother passed away, she passed away from cancer. Right around the same time I went to visit uh, these kids in Guatemala. Uh, I, I was so privileged. I got to spend so much time with her in the last year of her life. More time in the last year that I probably spent with her in a decade or maybe at least five years, you know, and because life and I'm busy and we're all busy just making things happen and do living our lives. And I got to be with my mother in chemo sessions and I got to hold her hand for eight hours and talk about nothing, talk about life, get to know her. I fell truly deeply in love with my mother as a soul in a way I hadn't, you know, felt. And I really, what was amazing was I really felt the gift that even her cancer gave me. It gave me time with her. And I realized the only regret that I have, and I've done a lot of amazing things. And some of you listen to my videos and read, read my nationally bestselling book. And the only, the, the, the only regret I have in my life is not spending more time. And I spent time with her, but it's not spending more time with my mother. So folks, love those in your life. If you're holding a grudge, let it go. Reach out today make the phone call, apologize, put your pride aside, put your ego aside. Don't wait till it's too late. This is your moment. This is a wake-up call to your soul. Folks, if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends. Please share it with your family. They're waiting for you in this moment. And I look forward to connecting with you in another special episode of Soul Talk next week. I hope somehow, you know, this episode inspired you to love fully, to live fully, to express fully. This is your moment. Thanks for listening in. Connect with you soon. Subscribe, download, share. Love you lots. If you've enjoyed this episode of Soul Talk, please do share the podcast with all of your friends. Let everyone know and make sure you download Soul Talk today. I'm looking forward to next week where I'll get to share more inspiration with you. Meanwhile, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, or social media. You can find out more about my work at www.coopblackson.com. If you feel ready to take your life to the next level, join me at my exclusive event in Bali, www.boundlessblissbali.com, where you can find out more and apply. Also, make sure to remember to download my free two-part video training series and learn the ultimate secrets to happiness and fulfillment at coopblackson.com. Sending you all big hugs and love now. <laughs>